And welcome to the final edition of the Race Department podcast. Not the final ever edition, I'd like to add, but the final one for 2019. As we head towards the festive period, myself and Paul Jeffrey and David Nativo are here to talk you through the uh, the recent news for motorsport and sim racing. So, uh, hello, Paul, and hello, David. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, guys. Yes. Hello, dear listeners. I hope you uh, haven't missed us too much. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while since yeah, we've... Yeah, it's uh, been it's... about a month, hasn't it? We were, David A and I were talking before you joined us earlier on, Paul, and uh, it's been about four or five weeks. So. Oh, so this I expect, ladies and gentlemen of the internet listening to this, we will have our record ever amount of downloads and listens, please, because it's yeah, uh, yeah. absence makes the heart grow fonder, as exactly they say. Exactly that. We've done, it, we've done it on purpose, not because we were busy elsewhere doing other bits and pieces. No, 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 dear listener. It's because we want to make you want us even more. Yeah, we've got that no wasn't life. It's supposed to sound as pervy as it did, but anyway. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so it begins. And so it begins. It does, it doesn't take long when I'm when I'm out. My mic, what, what, what? Hey, when I'm talking. Think, anyway. think really carefully. But I do have a question for you guys. Uh, so Christmas is fast approaching to the festive period, uh, and 2020 is fast fast approaching too. And my 40th birthday just dropped that in. Um, what what would you what would you like from Santa this year, David Day, from a sim racing perspective? If you could have one thing, come down your chimney. I don't know if you have a chimney, but let's just imagine you do. What would you like Santa to bring you? Automobilista too. <laughs> okay. All right. Good okay. shout. Good and, shout. Uh, I, Mr. Paul Jeffrey. What would I like for Christmas from a sim racing perspective? Good Lord. One thing. One thing. Equilibrium and equilibrium and calm amongst the sim racing community. No, 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 come on. No, That's what nice. do you want? What yeah, do you want Santa to bring you? What do I want? I'd like a GTR 3, it'd be nice. <laughs> Boom. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. Excellent. Or at least proof of life. That would do. It doesn't have to be the full game, just something. Moving, moving images. Rather, rather than just stills. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. <laughs> As that somebody who was an initial defender of GTR 3 and the dream, the doubt, the doubt has uh, fallen upon me and soaked have up my skin. they won you over now? Are you, are you part, are you in that camp now? The, the pessimists have won me over and yeah. I'm, uh, even though I do have a little bit more knowledge than that is publicly available, I'm starting to think that knowledge is not great enough to, uh, to believe the dream. That's fair enough, I get that. Yeah, completely understand. Right. What uh, would you want, Paul? What would you want what, from What would Santa? I like? Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. I think it would have to be a new base. I'm thinking, I've, I've been toying with the idea of uh, direct drive, but I'm not going to do that. So if Santa went to bring me a Fanatec 2.5, I'd be happy. Mm, and nice. also, I'd like, to, I'd like to add, my friend, who I've mentioned on this podcast before, who at one point was going, oh, look at all this racing. He's now looking at buying a rig. I've converted. Oh. Ha, nice. Nice. I've converted him, and I've been messaging him today because as we record, which is the uh, Monday, the twenty fifth of November, twenty nineteen, um, Fanatec have announced their uh, Black Friday deals, and um, I sent him a couple 
uh, today because I know that he um, he's been looking at their at their stuff, and I'm, uh, I've been telling him to go in kind of CSL elite level because otherwise, you know, he, he'd probably never play it. It'll, it'll be one of those people you see up on the forums. We got a, we got a sub forum, don't we? The hardware, and you'll you'll see these stories. You see them every sort of few months. Oh, I spent two and a half grand all this equipment, but the wife told me to sell it or. Like, I'm not getting the time to play it. They spent fortunes and they just flog all this brand new gear. I, I love be... people like that because then I go and buy all their stuff. I know from... you do. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. But Please, guys, be... that's, spend that's loads. That's him. That's him. He's got more money than sense. So, so uh... Send him my number then because when he gets bored in six months, he's put whoa, 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 like 40 whoa, whoa, whoa. laps having... on it. Wait, look, I'm having first dibs. So have you no, know. Oh, shot, shotgun. Shotgun. On any, <laughs> any motion he buys. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, dear listeners, hope you're well. I uh, hope you can put up with us in your ears. It's probably going to be a long one. Um, whew, that's what she said. Uh, right, uh, item number one. It's a, a bit about race department, actually. So, since we've um, released podcast episode number 17, we've had a refresh at race department. Um, new forum look uh, was kind of needed, really, from what I understand with the uh, our guru, Dave, is that um, I think we... Had a few patches, a few bugs that needed ironing out. So he spent approximately, what, about 12 hours, Paul, deploying the update? Yeah. I think he did a pretty good darn job. I think, to be honest, I mean, I'm no, as we well know, I'm no technical guru, but uh, it's a massive job bringing a new website with the, the number of users that we do. And yeah, I think he's done a fantastic job. There's been no major issues and yeah. functionalities getting added uh, on a regular basis. We're catching ourselves back up, testing everything's robust. And I must admit, I think it looks epic. Really like yeah. it. I mean, I, I think there's still some room for some for some tweaks, isn't there, David? But it's a great first start. I mean, we, we, we had to go about the calendar for a couple of weeks, which I must admit, I didn't quite like. I missed the calendar <laughs> hugely. But it, it just it's just more modern. It works better on tablets, on your phones. That's That wasn't even... I think we got accused of like being like phone-friendly, you know, too phone-friendly. But actually, we didn't realise it did that, I think, when we updated it. So that was just like a nice to have. But it looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that uh, it is nearly perfect. Um, just n- I think that uh, maybe the text font, uh, uh, I don't know, in, I'm not uh, entirely convinced, convinced, but uh, everything else is uh, spot on for me. I, well, yeah, but I like the fact that it about. embeds things a lot better, like tweets and things like that. So Yeah, um, links, so. uh, especially for then for... Uh, for uh, Articles and whatnot. Yeah, for... People yeah. who is writing articles, yeah. not like me, as we were saying before. I don't know what you're, what you're <laughs> yeah. alluding to there, David. Um, um, yeah. You know, you have also a nice uh, box at the end of the article uh, with, uh, you know, saying uh, about you. Yeah. A couple of lines. And I'll tell you what I like, Paul, really is nice. now that when you post an article, um, on the top left, you've got the lovely looking social link, so it's easier for people to yeah. share. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's um, just, it's more modern. And, yeah. I mean, as Dave said, the reason with Upgraded is the old software was running out of support and everything. It's time for a refresh. But we needed to modernize uh, the look, become a little bit more website rather than kind of like forum with promoted posts on it. And we also need to... Uh, the old race department version doesn't rank on Google. So you type sim racing in a way like page three or something, despite the fact where the biggest website by a long, 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 long way. So it's nice that we're going to be bringing that sort of thing in as well. So we'll rank a little bit higher on Google, which 
if you think about it, it's remarkable that we've got over a million uh, members. Yeah, yeah I was going to mention that. Yeah. We've got all the traffic that we've got and all that good stuff, but essentially we've basically pretty much invisible on Google unless you directly look for race department. So that's pretty pretty impressive actually. So I'm expecting uh, numbers to increase again once that aspect's well embedded and starts working its magic stuff as well. So yeah, I just like it. I needed personally I'm feeling a bit jaded recently. Uh trying to keep everything, juggling all the balls that I'm juggling. And stupid as it sounds, but a new looking website's refreshed me and I'm excited to get back on it again. I'm not just saying it because I, I work at R D. I love it. I really do think it's fabulous. I'm I'm well impressed with it. Yeah, we can appreciate that um, you know, nobody likes change. People are people are known to deal with change very, very badly and people like the things and um, and it, you know, and this isn't by means the finished article. So um, there'll be more sidebar things appearing here and there. And I mean, I'm personally not a fan of the latest media bar at the top of the forum, and I've made that pretty clear in the staff area. You know, I want to be able to get rid of that and just minimise it because I feel like it <laughs> yeah. uses retail space for me, um, especially when you want a smaller laptop, like a 13-inch screen. Um, so they'll come, you know, they'll, they listen to the feedback. So um, if you've got feedback, that's great. Post them in the forums. But, you know, be nice about it. There's no need to be, you know, all uppity. It's not, we're not trying to annoy people. We're just trying to bring things in line, make some changes, and uh, make the website more efficient. And, uh, and we haven't got a workforce of 150, have we? So things well, technically take speaking, a little bit longer than we would like. Technically speaking, we haven't got a workforce. We've just got a, a, a group of people that dip in that occasionally uh, volunteer. have a stab yeah. at things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But exactly. It's, it is nice that the key to the launch is getting a robust and stable platform, which yes. I think we've got. And then it's it's not we've not coming at it in the intention of having version one complete on launch, like a sim racing game. Some might say, yes, we, we start early off, access. Yeah, starting off with the basics, making it functional, work, and then we'll tweak and mess around. I know there's a few people are not liking the. Uh, number of choices that you've got with you like and yeah, love. Yeah, I miss the beer. I must I admit. I do. Yeah, There's a few yeah. more that we could add there and stuff. So things like that, once the critical stuff I'm not stuff missing dislike, though. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> Still, variety of opinions, what makes the world go round and, and such. <laughs> there, is an ang- there is an angry button. That'll have to do, won't it? Um, the number yes. of ratings I get is reduced rapidly now. There's no dislike. I've got to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, th- I don't know if my if, if my if my ratings drop because it can't represent the beer anyway. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yeah, um, if you haven't checked it out, racedepartment.com, Check out the new site. Let us know what you think. Post in the forums, and um, we are we are listening. So yeah, continue work continues. Okay, item number two, Auto Ballista two. Now I'm not a um, early backer for the game, but David Day. You want this for Christmas, but it's been delayed. You're not going to get it. Yeah, I know, and I'm very sad about it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was uh, I was kind of expecting it because it was a very tight window uh, between you know the uh, the announcement and then the the release, uh, and uh, you know uh, as I said, I was kind of expecting it, but. Uh, it's still, uh, you know, sad news to, to actually have the uh, Renato saying, uh, no, it's, it's coming a bit later, but, you know, uh, it will come, uh, so it's okay. <laughs> Great things come to those who wait, Paul. 
Yeah, it's a bummer for everybody who's looking for it for December. But Especially actually, with the time off, eh? Over Christmas. Well, yeah, that would have been nice. But I'm going to say something controversial here. Ooh. But dun, 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 I am going uh, to put a little caveat in there. I have more faith in Riser Studios than any other sim developer. If anyone can do something right, I honestly think it would be those guys because AMS1 is within the limitations of the software that they've got, pretty much faultless. So I've got every faith that they'll they'll deliver. But we've seen a few gameplay videos uh, of the whip build of AMS2 so far, and I don't like what I see. It's ridiculously stupid to try and make a judgment call on physics by watching a video. But I don't like the way that, I don't like the look of the way the cars behave, and it's worrying me. It's worrying Ooh. me a lot. It's making me... It looks a little... <laughs> I'll be honest. I've really paid that much attention to how the cars move. So what have you noticed, Paul? <laughs> looks like P-Cars 2. It looks... And I don't like P-Cars 2 at all. No, no, no. Uh, it, I'm in the same boat as you. It yeah. looks... I mean, it's very difficult to articulate what I'm trying to say, but anybody who knows Automobilista 1, you go in a Caterham... Super Light or R500, whatever it is they've got, I can't remember now, Academy, whatever. It feels organic, it feels natural. I don't know what a Caterham's like to race on a Brazilian racetrack, I've never done it, but it feels like I would expect it to feel, which is why I love AMS1. The car behaves how I expect it to do, it's linear in its movements, it, it does things, it slides, loses grip, it skips over the tarmac, like I would imagine it does, and the force feedback tells me what I would imagine a force feedback needs to tell me to translate it in a non-moving cockpit. Awesome. Where the videos that I've seen on AMS2 so far, it feels, it looks a little bit like it's overdone, which is what PCARS 2 were, a little bit too dramatic. You can get large slides and recover them. Or you're sliding where I, th I don't think you would have been sliding in real terms anyway. And then you can catch it where I don't think in real life you'd have been able to catch it. It just doesn't look natural. It looks... Best way of putting it, and this is terrible English, gamified rather than simulation. It looks like Pete Cars 2, basically. Uh, and again, it's the biggest mugs game in the history of the world to make a judgment on a very early whip build that's not even in the public domain yet, and a video at that. But I've, the more I've seen of it, the more worried I am about it. But flip side is I've got every faith that Riser will produce something that's true and honest to the sim racing origins of what they're all about. But up to this point, I've not come away watching a video going, oh, that looks amazing. I've come away going, oh no, that looks like a game, not a sim. Discuss. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, as you're talking, I have loaded that catering video up. And as soon as you mentioned the sliding thing, even before that, I, I was already on it. Like, I mean, the, sound, eyes, the sounds like... are awful anyway on the, at the moment, but in me. But again, I mean, it, you know, like you say, it, it, it's work in progress, isn't it? Oh, so... man, I mean, that video's probably taken minimum six months away before you get your first version access. It's, yeah. it's that early access. It's almost not even been born. And anybody who followed AMS development, it came out like four, five years ago before it finished. And GameStop Car Extreme, compared to the final build of AMS1, is a whole different game. So I'm not saying what you see now is what you're going to get and what it's going to be forever, blah, blah, blah. But I am saying that I expected to come away needing a fresh pair of underpants and came away dabbing tears out of my eyes instead from the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Davide, Davide, what do you think? What do you think, Squire? 
Uh, honestly, I've been watching closely at the at the videos that they published so far, and um, uh, I under I can understand your point, but uh, I I do not agree because. Um, uh, it is true that uh, they still look, uh, you know, a bit uh, work in progress and uh, uh, sometimes not uh, as um, precise in the movements of the car as in the, in the first Automobilista. Uh, but at the same time, um, uh, I see that there are uh, some uh, some sensible differences with uh, Picars 2 because in um, in Picars 2 the uh, every car uh, seems uh, uh, I'm sorry to say but it seems fake uh, you have basically no um, uh, uh, on throttle oversteer uh, whenever you slide or drift it seems like you are sliding or drifting on on rails the car is very uh, cars are very uh, linear in their behavior while from the uh, from the footage I've seen so far from Automobilista 2, yeah, it's a bit uh, uh, raw in uh, in places, but uh, you can see that the behavior of the uh, throttle and uh, uh, the way the car responds is more ac accurate than uh, than Picars 2. Uh, but you know what what you're saying uh, may be also true because you know they are working with their tire model so we have to see uh, from what kind of base they are starting with because uh, you know maybe uh, sms have uh, simplified too much their tire model in the years so now reza have to um depth and deepen or depth and <laughs> deepen maybe it's the right word to, to give it a more bit, uh, make, make it a bit more uh, uh, profound and uh, realistic. But um, as I was saying, uh, I, I, I understand your point, but uh, I do not agree. I think that uh, so far it looks actually better than, uh, than Picars 2. Uh, I may be more worried uh, uh, probably about the graphics side because, uh, uh, for example, I was reading the other day in the forum that um, I think it was Renato uh, was saying that uh, the trees will be uh, uh, two-dimensional uh, uh, two in uh, 2D, which is uh, you know kind of uh, scary because. <laughs> Hold on, is, why is that a problem? I don't care about the freaking trees. Uh, mm, oh Paul, come on, Paul, mate! No, no, Paul, no, be Paul, one of those, no, 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 you have to use them as your no, 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 trees are important because uh, you know you you are looking at the at the road, but also uh, broadly okay. at the horizon. And uh, bi-dimensional trees are ugly to look at. Yeah, I, 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 that that really helps with the racing, though, doesn't it? No, I think no, my point is, my point is higher graphics trees are going to affect the performance of the game in the, in frame rates, right? Um, yeah, but... And, and, but, you know, like, if you're racing, no, no offence to the trees, and I, they are, I mean, I must admit, when things around you look amazing, you know, like, it does, it do, does look great, right? There's no, there's no knocking that, but, but I'm only going to appreciate that for about 30 seconds. 
What I want to appreciate is how good it looks on track. And worrying about two-dimensional trees for me is... I just don't get it. Paul, are you with me or are you against me on this? I'm with Davide, actually. Yes, I'm, uh, yes. See you later, guys. It does depend on the track, of course, as well. Some circuits have got a lot of vegetation uh, around the outskirts and whatnot. If you've got something that's a little bit jarry, like a 2D tree, yeah, you've got a bit of a problem. But I think they are going to use a mix of 3 and 2D. So I would imagine like the the more prominent sections of woodland area are going to be three-dimensional and then the background stuff hopefully is 2D. But actually, <clears throat> one of the other worries for me is up to this point, the audio. I've, uh, yeah, not too convinced about the audio yeah, at this the moment in time. Yeah, the didn't sound good on that video, to be fair. But again, mm, though, don't I forget, it's, get, uh... it's well early and all that yeah, good I know. stuff. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, like, you know. You know when they release these videos, but at least they're releasing videos unlike some game. Hey, GTR 3, looking at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, and actually, the damn thing to do. Like that. Like, don't the, kill me, please don't hurt me. Yeah. But the thing talk. is, Renato and crew, the damned if they do, the damned if they don't. They don't give any information out. People are saying, why is there no in information? And then they do give videos out, and people are nitpicking and not appreciating the fact it's, it's well early. So I think maybe I've been a bit too harsh with it, but it, it's only because I've got oh, so much oh, emotional you've, you've investment. You've got 360 tonight, haven't you? I'm emotionally invested in it. I want. I have. A, I have a feeling, a sneaking suspicion, that this is going to be the sim of all sims, and that's what I want it to be in my mind. I want it to be AMS one, but better. Uh, and I think it will be. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just a little bit moderately sim concerned. Sim of all sims, Davide. Is are you? Are you? Is your are your expectations also that high? Yeah, absolutely, because, uh, you know, we've all seen what they did with the first automobilist and know that, uh, you know, having the, the same level of physics uh, on a much better uh, graphics engine and uh, we hope also an improved version of their uh, audio engine, it's going to be uh, magnificent. And I, I long to see the uh, 1960s F1 cars and 1970s on that kind of engine. It's uh, it's really something I, I'm looking for. No pressure then. Hey, <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> well, guys, if you're listening, Reza. Yeah. And, that, and that's hey. why they've knocked it back to March, I think, to make sure they're coming out of the blocks with a solid product. Yeah, what, yeah, do, you think, like, what sure. do you think we'll end up with? Like a like a version one? Do you think that's what they're going to release, or do you think it'll be like a version 0.8, 0.9, or? Well, I think Rise tend to they don't really buy into the version number thing. Right. They seem to like release something like well, look at AMS one. Supposedly well, I, I, it was I'll supposed be honest, to be good. I, I didn't really follow AMS one, so I can't look at it because I've really got. Well, it were excited. They kind of got the crowdfunding money in promised a few things that they were going to do, content and developments, rebranded it, new UI, loads of new stuff. Uh, came out with AMS 1 and everybody's like, yeah, that's, that's awesome, well done, brilliant, love it. And then just continued to bring goodness to it for a couple of, couple of three years afterwards. So I don't think they kind of, they don't do the Codemasters type thing or the, the usual AAA studio of bring a version one out, patch it two or three times, send a couple of DLCs its way and then move on. It tends to be a growing product that lasts for four or five years and goes through many iterations. So I think they've got to come out with, as I say, a 
a good, solid program with a lot of content, and then just keep improving it as they. But, but the, you know, as, as we understand the 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 sim racer community, but the internet as a whole, you could bring out the best product ever, uh, but you'll always get people that will um, complain. Um, and hence and my Christmas wish, my Christmas wish for harmony and love amongst all sim racing fellow men and women. It would be nice if we can just. Be, uh, for me, I'm an eternal. It's happen, though, is it? The thing is, I'm massively optimistic and positive uh, to, to the point where it being a bit of a problem. And I just. There's a load of stuff that we've not got in Sim Racing that I would love. Sorry, Yay, true, it's true. <laughs> but there's, there's loads of stuff in Sim Racing that I would, we don't have that I want. But also, it's amazing. Sim racing at the moment. We're in the best time we've ever been in, and it's only going to get better as tech develops. So let's be excited for what we've got and then look forward to what's coming rather than wishing we'd got something else, rather than concentrating on what's happening now. And whatever Riser bring out, I'm sure it'll be, well, it'll be what it'll be. It'll be good or it'll be bad. But it let's will enjoy be, you on it. will be. No, yeah. no, please no. It's not Christmas yet. No, 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 no. No singing. Okay. We'll save that for a special Christmas Day edition, live and drunk. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Never going to happen. Uh, I'll be asleep on the sofa. Right. So that's also Ballista two delay covered. Um, let us know what you think, listeners. If you've, um, you know, if you, are you on the? Did you back it? Did you back the game? Tweet us at race department or uh, post on the forums. Let us know your thoughts on the delay. Uh, what your feelings? What are your expectations for the game? You know. Right. Are your expectations as high as David Day's and Paul's? I haven't backed it. I mean, I'm, I've definitely got some high-ish expectations for it. Um, but yeah, let's let's see what they come up with. Okay, next item, Formula One. There's lots to talk about Formula One right now, um, especially with David Day. Uh, <clears throat> first up, uh, Lewis Hamilton, crowned champion for a sixth time. Remarkable achievement, guys. Would you agree? No. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, kind of expected. A little bit of an anticlimax, but... Uh, it was a little bit, wasn't it? Boy done, boy done good. Boy done good. But to be honest, I mean, he, he, the latter part of the his season, Mercedes haven't been as dominant as they were at the start. Hey, Davide. I was joking before. Uh, of course, um, you know, it, it is true that uh, Hamilton has the, the fastest car so far. But uh, at the same time, you have to acknowledge the, uh, the effort that the team is making and the driver is making to uh, achieve certain results because, you know, you don't uh, happen to have the fastest car uh, on the grid. You, you build it. And at the same time, you don't happen to be the fastest driver in the team. You you work on it and you become the fast the fastest driver. So it's a uh, it's an important uh, important achievement. I wouldn't put it uh, as some said, uh, you know, at the same level of what uh, uh, Michael Schumacher has achieved because uh, his uh, World Championships uh, have been. Um, uh, have been won in more difficult situations, uh, or at least the majority of them, compared to the ones from Hamilton. But uh, it, it is still, uh, uh, I would say that maybe compared I to. I don't know. I haven't seen Hamilton thirty seconds ahead of the of second place. Have you this season? 
Still swings are roundabouts, isn't it? Sandbagging. Sandbagging. That's what that's called, Paul. <laughs> Sandbagging. <laughs> but for, for Ferrari at, at, at one stage, which brings us nicely onto this, were, you know, quickest down the straights. Um, and a few races ago, Red Bull went to the FIA and basically said, asked something about fuel regulations. And then, um, and they came back and said, yeah, this is the rule. Um, and now everybody in the paddock is apparently accusing Ferrari of, of doing something they should not have been doing because now they're suddenly not as fast down the straight. Um, you know, it's all hearsay, but David Day, what are your thoughts being there, uh, Mr. Red? Uh, okay. Max, <laughs> Max, I know you're listening to the podcast. I know you're a RD member. I know what you did there. You, you, what did I do? You, Max tried to um, uh, put the attention on the Ferraris to cover the fact that at Interlagos they've surely used some kind of uh, illegal power units because I don't know and every, anybody who have uh, seen well, you Red Bull have used you think they've used illegal both, power both, units both Red Bull and Toro Rosso had right. an incredible Honda engine at Interlagos they were overtaking everybody even Ferrari and, Mer and Mercedes which wasn't happening in the previous races how is that possible so the only thing I, I can think of is that Max was trying to put the attention you know on Ferrari so nobody would notice the fact that they had some kind of Mostron's <laughs> engine I, honestly, I don't, I don't think this has come from Max I, I genuinely um, a, a, a list, I listen to quite a few podcasts I read a few Formula 1 articles um, and I've listened to a podcast um, and there are rumours up and down the paddock that something's been going on at Ferrari um, I, I don't know and I don't, and I don't think that would I don't think that's come from Max Verstappen that was before Interlagos honestly can I say something yeah, I know, sure. and, and I, will, I will say just this from what I remember so far, I don't remember uh, Ferrari ever trying to uh, to cheat or at least you know to 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 do something uh, uh, against the the regulations. Uh, uh, on, on the other hand, more times than not, uh, they've been. Uh, um, uh, They've been the one that have suffered the consequences of other teams uh, cheating or uh, um, going around rules, uh, while instead uh, they've always been uh, more respectful of those. So I, it seems weird to me that they've decided at the end of a season that was already lost to uh, cheat, to, to, to do what? They, they, they weren't going to to win anything. So what was the point of, of cheating and maybe get caught and uh, have some uh, uh, some sort of uh, punishment in uh, uh, in return? It, it wouldn't make any sense and it doesn't make sense with the history of the team, which has always been very uh, respectful of rules. So I don't think that they were, that, that they have been cheating uh, uh, at all. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't put it past anybody, whether it be Ferrari, McLaren, uh, Toro Rosso, Red Bull, etc., etc., um, for people to uh, bend the rules a little bit. Paul, what are your thoughts? It's not cheating; it's creative interpretation. Of the, <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> and, and that's 
that's been in motorsport from the beginning of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, yeah, they do. They flound the rules. They flout the rules. You, you don't flout loopholes. You find the loopholes. Yeah, you work around. Ron GP, prime yeah. example, right? Every team, every team. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, this Williams is to, with the automatic suspension. Yeah, Tyrrell used to dump their water. They used to fill the water tanks up to get to the right level of uh, weight pre-race, and then dump all the water on the formation lap. And then when the race finished, fill it back up again and weigh it. So it's, that's technically illegal, but there's no regulation saying you can't do it. Yes. So that's not cheating. If, it, if a regulation... Cheating is when a regulation says you can't do something, you do it anyway. If a regulation doesn't exactly stipulate it in a solid enough level of wording, that's not cheating. That's creatively interpreting, interpreting the rules. If I said to you, Paul, let's go for a running race from your house to the park two miles away, and I turned it with bionic legs... That's not cheating. Still the running race. Never told you that you couldn't use extra aids. Yeah. Not <laughs> so, stipulated. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, exa that's exactly it. I mean, we've seen so there's it There's nothing we've wrong with it. it. Yeah. It's motor racing from the beginning of time. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I agree with Davide, though. I can't see that Ferrari would have done it because what's to gain? Maybe at Melbourne. I mean, I disagree with Davide in one regard. I can remember many times Ferrari have uh, bent the rules. Many, yep, many times. Yep, yep, but not, they have, not, yeah. not for a long, long time recently. But, uh, yeah, I don't see any benefit to it. And they seem to be back on pace again now, even though the rules are being clarified. So, uh, I think to go back to the original question is, I think Mercedes have had the fastest car by a long way. I think they've not had to turn up the wick. Uh, to f go 30 seconds in front of everybody because why would you? Where I think, as uh, Davide said, in Schumacher's era, yes, there were some seasons where the car was head and shoulders above, but for the most time, they're in very difficult conditions. 94, the Benetton wasn't as good as the Williams. More sorted, but not as fast. 95, yeah, you had the best car, Damon Hill cracked. Uh, then when you go into the 2000s, you had the Alonzos and Hakkinen's who were racing against and Coulthard to a lesser degree. Uh, the reliability of the sport was different. The points were a lot tighter. So I think Schumacher, as uh, I don't think Hamilton, despite on paper having 83 wins, is it? And six world championships is incredible. I think a lot of the circumstances have lent themselves very, very kindly towards Hamilton getting those re results. Flip side is, you don't get in that car if you're not the best driver on the grid. But uh, look at Alonso. You could argue all day long that who's the better of the two drivers. But let's yeah. just be diplomatic about it and say Alonso and Hamilton are very similar on talent and skill. I'm not saying who's best, they're very similar. Alonso's got two world championships, Hamilton's got six. Hamilton is not four times world champion better than Fernando Alonso but he's found himself in the right place at the right time with the right team around him who are willing to invest all their support and have drivers the calibre of Valtteri Bottas next to him rather than the <laughs> calibre of Max Verstappen. So Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think when you... when you sp I mean, I don't know about um, Alonso, but the comparison piece... I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not the biggest Hamilton fan no, like, as, a, as a person, but I was watching an interview with him the other evening... And, you know, and he talked about when he joined Mercedes, you know, he got them to make the steering wheel smaller because it saved weight. And he just, he's, I think the difference between the world champions and the likes of Schumacher, it's that, it's that attention to detail. It's shaving yes. that weight. 
and I and I and I didn't and I didn't realise that Hamilton alluded to in the interview as well. I hadn't really thought about this that um, when the season starts, the drivers are t- he's told to be a certain weight, and then as they're able to shave off weight off the car during the season by making improvements, he's then they're able to increase his body weight um, over the season, which was something I'd never been um, aware of before. But it's just that when you talk to him. Or when you hear him, I've never talked to him, so let me correct that. When when you hear him talk, it's that attention to detail that I think that potentially sets him apart from perhaps an Alonso. Uh, whilst he's an amazing driver, I don't know if he gets the team around him the same way that a that a Hamilton would. I mean, I've heard rumours about Alonso in the team and whatnot, um, but there's no there's no knocking his talent whatsoever, but. It's it's not all about that, is it? And I think that's where maybe Hamilton ticks all the boxes. I think um, you're right, and I think Hamilton played a masterstroke as well. I think, to, I mean, to clarify, I'm not downing on Hamilton here. Uh, you're right, he's got that attention to detail. He gets the team around him, but he played an absolute masterstroke. He went to Mercedes from McLaren on a big money contract, so the team can't possibly not back him because they're paying yeah, 30 million yeah. a year and they're paying teammate six you can't be overtaken by the six million a year guy because you look stupid so that's actually really clever tactics to be the number one he does his own contracts as well you know that right yeah yeah he does so, everything himself which i think is I absolutely thought, nuts don't dave robertson do that or is, oh no, that's kimmy raikkonen that's raikkonen don't matter ignore me ignore me his dad used to do it for a while but then yeah. he got in some shady dealings didn't he and uh and I think it is something shady at Force India with Paul DeResta back in the day. So he's right. stepped away into the background considerably since Yeah, then. well, him and Hamilton didn't talk for a little while either. So that's Maybe that's something to do with it, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, actually, because I've met his dad and Nick, and they're really nice guys. Really nice. I had a good comment there at Donington when Nick was starting out in... Uh, Nick Hamilton, his, his brother. Yeah, starting yeah. out Cleo, in the Cleo's. Cleo's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, funnily enough, actually... Uh, we were both looking at a 1998 Nissan Primera Supertora. And I'll not repeat the words because it's a family-friendly broadcast. But we both looked at it, looked at each other, and just like literally at the same time went, oh, that's effing awesome. <laughs> then we just got talking about sim racing and uh, and all that good stuff. And then his dad joined in and we had a chit-chat. They're really nice guys, really down-to-earth. You won't believe they've got yeah, very famous he's, child. He's maybe the last of the Formula 1 drivers where... You know, um, especially from perhaps from the UK, where money doesn't get you into the sport. So, um, but anyway, it would be it would all, another note, It would be good to see other black drivers, wouldn't it, in in uh, Formula One or any other sport? Really. Well, I'll be honest with you. This is the, again controversial time. I really don't care about sex, gender. That's the same sex and gender, uh, colour, background. I don't care if there's more black drivers in, or if they're all black drivers, or they're not. Just the best. Yeah, I'm exactly. not. In, I don't care if there's a woman driver racing in Formula One. I'm really not interested. I just want the best. I the best there is. That's yeah, right. and I find this we, we're going through a, a political period in the world where oh let's let's get women drivers or let's get uh, black and minority ethnic uh, backgrounds into why just get the best and if I you're think, the no, best then you're white or you're I mean, best. I think they're trying to encourage their participation, but I think. What, no, I mean yes, yes. What there rises is, but... to the top needs to be the best talent. Completely, yep. they, you know, they're not, they don't can't again can't just be in there just to tick a box. I mean, that's in, not in what it's the, about. In, in the business world, that's different because in the business world there is uh, it's 
Well, God, this is a long conversation I don't want to go into. But yeah, in the business yeah. world, there needs to be some equalising of historic prejudice and yes. all that good stuff. Yes. And, but that's different because that's people's livelihoods and their careers and all that jazz. And yes, sport's also a career, but sport's yeah, I was sport. I about to say, yeah. But, 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 but sport is also sport, and yeah. it should always, always, always be the absolute cream. I don't like pay drivers as well to go into a less oh, controversial no, yeah, that, topic. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, this is kind of... That was going to be my next bit to move on to. Sorry to cut you short, but I'm just conscious of the time. Um, goodbye, Hulkenberg. I mean, what? Sad. How has he not got a drive? David, are you a Hulkenberg fan? What's your take on the, uh, the lanky German with the suspiciously gelled hair? <laughs> and the dodgy nah. chief, if you pay attention, anyway. <laughs> oh, nah. poor sod. <laughs> sorry, David, go on. I'm I'm sorry to to see that uh, you know he, he didn't uh, get uh, a seat for next season. Also because uh, honestly, I think that uh, he deserves deserves it more than uh, other driver drivers like for example Grosjean, Grosjean Stroll. or. Uh, or yeah, uh, Stroll, yeah, it is true, but uh, uh, I can understand that because it is a paying driver, you know, his money, it's what, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's making the, him stay. But um, Grosjean or Giovinazzi, they don't, uh, they, they have nor the talent uh, for a F1 car, of course. I'm not saying that they don't have the talent to, to race a, a race car for F1 nor the money, so I don't understand why someone like uh, Hulkenberg, who has the, the talent, uh, doesn't get a seat and uh, we have uh, Grosjean and Giovinazzi, which are uh, uh, mediocre F1 drivers, uh, still drive, so uh, the politics of uh, F1. Yes, yes, which um, kindly leads me on to uh, Gasly, um, a man that was uh, demoted to uh, Toro Rosso uh, because of his performances against Max Verstappen, which is quite, you know, to be fair to him, is a high benchmark. And he goes against the second position in uh, in Brazil, which is just unbelievable. Right, Paul? Yeah. Oh, David, sorry, go on. Yeah, you know why it happened? Because two idiots in a, in a red car <laughs> collided against themselves. Yeah. That's why it happened. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought about touching on that, but, you know, like... It's uh, been in the papers and everyone's obviously talking about Leclerc and uh, Vettel. But yeah, I mean, even still, he, he had to be there, take opportunity of it. And he, and to be fair to him, he has performed very well since he went back in the Toro Rosso. So maybe that car just suits him better than the, than the Red Bull. And Albon has also done very well since he's joined Red Bull, to, to my surprise. I mean, I like the kid. Um, and when he, when he talks, he, he's, he's very... Um, He's very genteel. He strikes me as a genteel kind of character. Very softly spoken. Um, doesn't seem too sure about himself when he's talking. But on the track, um, I can't remember. What was the race before Interlagos? Excuse my memory. But he was really aggressive, that race, Albon, to the point where I was applauding him. Um, and recently, uh, I saw a bit of aggressive driving from, um, from Lando. Lando Norris, which I also was really excited about because, again, I kind of felt that I hadn't really seen that as part of his um, his repertoire this season, um, even though I do, I do love you, Lando. Um, and it was also great to see McLaren getting promoted to the podium, which is another point is I think we touched it before, like the, the time it takes to make these decisions. 
Like, why is it only take you a minute to make one decision and then it takes you God knows how long after the race is finished to make another one, Paul? It's so yeah. inconsistent, isn't it? It were poor, actually. I were really disappointed for McLaren. I'd love to have seen them getting a proper podium where yeah. they celebrated it at the time. But I but... Must, to their credit, though, I, um, if, uh, the way they celebrated it was amazing it, as a yeah, team. Yeah, that were cool. Yeah, that yeah. were nice. It were nice, but it would have been it would have been good for them to have been on the on the podium at the right time. But credit where credit's due. Fantastic job. Talking about Albon again, very unlucky. Felt for the lad. I like Albon. If he, he seems funny, uh, seems like a nice guy, just amusing. And I like Albon, Norris, and Russell when the three of them get together. They yeah, just... and Verstappen when he's in the mix as well. I've not really seen much of Verstappen in, but I've seen quite a few features on Sky of those three, and they strike me as being uh, like I think I would be, where they just go in there and like, oh, dude, we're in Formula One. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, and they're having, they're having great fun yeah, with it, and it, comes across, and it comes across. It does, because every what I don't like about modern, uh, I think it's sport in general, but Formula One in particular, because of the money involved, everybody's a little bit corporate, a little bit serious and grown up, and these are just like literally three kids that you just know full well. They're sat in a bar after race together with a drink going, huh, I overtook somebody and I've got a semi. Yeah, you just know full well they're going to be like that. They're just yeah. lads that yeah. are having a buzzing time at the top level of motorsport. So, uh, yeah, I really do like those three, and I think they've all got a big future. But uh, to go to Gasly, I don't rate the kid at all. I think he was massively overhyped last season at Toro Rosso. Not shocked at all that he bombed big time at Red Bull, but I'm blown away by his recovery at Toro Rosso again I mean, this that's, year. That, I mean, that shows some balls, doesn't it? Massively. Like, day, to, to, come, to come back to that kind of mental strength to... To keep going, you, you know, they, they turned around and said, you're not good enough for Red Bull. And, and, and I was reading earlier on that, um, oh, uh, Red Bull team principal, team principal, why, why is his name gone from my Christian head? Horner. Uh, thank you. Christian Horner has come out today and said, yeah, we did it because of media pressure. Uh, what? Hey, as, I, as we were saying, uh, the politics of F1. Yeah, but it, it is true that um, he... He got back up and uh, started racing again in a very impressive fashion and uh, it was what he had to do and he had the, str the strength, the mental strength to, to do it. So uh, bravo to him, very good on his side. But you know yeah. what I'd have done? If I'd have been Red Bull, and there we go, this is linking it back into an earlier topic, I would have dropped Kvyat demoted Gasly to Toro Rosso and brought Hulkenberg into second Red Bull. Because I think Hulkenberg's a phenomenal driver. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, it's, but... it's a genuine shame and I, I, I don't know where he's going to go. But... but Gasly, I mean, Gasly, uh, don't get me wrong, Albon's done a very, very good job, but it could have broken him and it were risky. Yeah. I'd have kept Albon at Toro Rosso, let him learn to his own gradual, gentle pace, like you say. Drop Kvyat, because I think he's absolutely dog-turd. I've got no place in Formula 1. Uh, drop Kvyat, give Gasly another shot alongside Albon so you can compare the two to see which is your best youngster. And put a solid driver that can score solid points in the second car that Hulkenberg's also would have been a good shout for next season as well if your other youngsters haven't quite developed enough because the thing is for Red Bull if they stay in the sport long term they've got Max 
contracted for next season, so he ain't going nowhere. So you've got your number one. Kvyat or Gasly or Albon are never going to challenge Max because they're not that kind of... They're not the absolute legendary level of skill that he's got. So get a... Hulkenberg can do a better job today than those three drivers. He might not be able to do a better job in four years when they've developed, but why do, they, why do Red Bull need to rush? They've got two teams. Let the guys develop so when Albon becomes a polished article or when Gasly gets his head and becomes a polished article, then chuck him into Red Bull when they could be a number one if Verstappen goes to Ferrari and bring another youngster in or another solid number two. It's You need a cult yeah, the, the in a team is, like the, that. The, the Red Bull driver programme has always been pretty brutal, hasn't it? I mean, we... we um, but that's cost oh, them I'm good terrible drivers. with names right now, but who was the New Zealand driver? Hartley. Um, Brendan, Brendan Hartley. Brendan, yeah, yeah. And... Um, you know, it, it, he got dragged back into it when it suited them. You know, that's the thing. It's cost them. I mean, they got rid of Jean Eric Verne uh, too fast. That were a shame. Verne's gone on to having a good career in that joke uh, battery power. They thing. haven't got anybody in the. They haven't got anybody in the driver program right now. No, have they. No, because it's like a poison chalice. Who the yeah. hell wants to go to that? I mean, you got the you got the IndyCar lad that they signed this year. They've Is dropped that... him. Are they really? He signed for, uh, oh God, who's he signed for? Penske. Is it Penske? Can't quite remember oh, now. Blimey. Okay. He's got a full-time IndyCar drive now. He's out of the programme. So the, that's Pato uh, Award, isn't he? The, 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 pro the programme's up, um, up in flames as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It's, it, they've been too harsh and then they've got rid of people too quick because, as I say, Albon is achieving. He's doing a bloody good job. But he could easily have burnt him to cinders going to Red Bull and totaled his career. Well, because this is what we were, when, when it got announced, we talked about it. That's exactly yeah, what we yeah. were saying. Like, this Albon's is risky. Not, Albon has not had a particularly impressive junior career. I didn't think he deserved Formula One uh, when he got well, the no, drive. He was, well, he was supposed to be heading towards Formula E. Yes, yeah, signed up for Nissan and everything. And it was that, a, la a last-minute thing with Toro Rosso. But yeah. they've, they've landed on Lucky in that regard. Yes. They have, and he, he's turning out to be... Some drivers are stellar until they get to Formula 1 and they're lousy. And some drivers are not very good in Formula... Junior Formula... Formula E, sorry. And get to Formula 1 and they're brilliant. And Albon's one of those. Formula 1 suits him. So yeah. definitely a fabulous driver. But uh, it was risky. And I think the safest option, even though hindsight's proven me wrong would have been to affect somebody like Hulkenberg into that car. Because Hulkenberg, I still think, if he'd have took the drive for Spa onwards, he would have scored more points than Gasly's capable of, or Albon has. Because he's, he knows what he's doing. He's a good yeah, driver. And I do I do agree. We, we, I mean, we've got so much we could um, talk about. I know that Davide wants to give a mention to uh, Williams, but before we do that, um, and, um, and Williams and Kubica, um, 2021 rules, Paul. Um, are you as excited as I am? No. I'm excited. I'm not excited. Oh, okay. Why? Because I think they look stupid. I mean, if the if the if uh, if it works... It's a bit like the trees thing us. earlier on. Does it really matter if it works? I like... Yes. I like uh, simplicity. I think there's beauty in the simple form. So, if you're talking... Do you talking, think the current F1 cars look Yeah, they look garbage. In? No. No. I right. like the... Uh, 90s pre-barge board style cars so like 1991 92 93 to a lesser extent 94 where they were simple mechanical mm -hmm. pleasing like old like old cars you see all these uh, road cars that are, are fangled and they've got sharp lines on it and stuff and 
But then everybody always harks back to the 250 GTB Ferrari. <laughs> it's pure, clean, unencumbered. And I like that from a racing car. So this is all a little bit too flashbang, fancy Dan, appeal to the youth of today style, which is fine for certain formula. But for Formula One, not for me, to be honest. But then again, if the racing's good, I'll watch a wheelbarrow race if it's close. So uh, <laughs> it can't be much worse than it is now. Yeah, he really, so. he really, isn't, really isn't fussy. Uh, David, what I find quite interesting about the new 2021 rules is the open source part of the uh, of the regulations. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced about the... Uh, yeah. You know the the new rules and uh, the various aspects as the one you you were um, uh, you were referring to. Honestly, I think that um, it is becoming uh, too much. Even if they left some uh, some openings here and there, it's becoming too much of a spec series, and it's uh, it's resembling a bit too much also the the Indy cars, uh, uh, which. Uh, is that a bad thing, though? I think... I mean, I, I would, some I would, would argue sometimes a race is better in the car. Yeah, but um, it, I would argue with that because uh, um, in IndyCar you have basically a, uh, each race is won by a different driver because the the cars are uh, are, are the same in a, in a sense they they have very minimal differences uh, there is just two uh, two different engines uh, uh, if I'm not wrong wrong uh, do they have still two different aero packs or even that has become uh, uh, just one for all cars I uh, I don't remember. I think they still have the two aero packs and then okay. the road course on the oval as okay. well. Yeah, yeah. So you have you just have, you know a couple of differences in the engine and in the aero packs, which, are, however, are are still are bounded to some uh, uh, rules limitations. So even if they are different, uh, they are still pretty much the same, and that makes. Uh, it makes it good for you know for every driver to have a shot to win but at the same time it's it's not that fun when uh, you know uh, every uh, race it's won by a, a different driver it's showing that some something it's it's not working uh, uh, there is something wrong at um, uh, at the core and uh, trying to make uh, f1 like that is uh, it's wrong first because it's uh, it's a different series with a different nature so you have to be respectful of uh, uh, what is f1 and second of all because it doesn't make sense for uh, from a business uh, perspective because uh, what's the point of having uh, two series that uh, are basically the same just racing on different uh, uh, different um, uh, trucks uh, it doesn't make sense. You have to have different products, uh, two very different series uh, that uh, stand out from uh, from each other. Uh, at least I think. Oh, I'm getting think the feeling that you're not a fan of the new rules, then, Davide. No, not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you know, talking. I've, I've, when it when it when it got announced, I mean, the pundits, you know, um, those who are highly regarded, such as Martin Brundle. Um, Anthony Davidson, uh, to a lesser extent, Paul DeResta, um, you know, are genuinely excited about what this what this could mean. Um, but it's not only just the on-track action that that may 
well, that is changing. It's also about, you know, the long disputed um, distribution of the money. Now, you know, not, not to, I'm not keep having digs at Ferrari on purpose, but they get a bulk of the, uh, of the, win, of the money each season, whether they win the championship or not. Um, which isn't really fair. I, I, I guess um, the, one of the reasons why it hasn't changed is because they are Ferrari and they bring fans with them. And I can see I can see that appeal. So seeing changes there as well, I think is going to benefit the smaller teams. I mean, we're not really going to have time to talk about Williams, I'm afraid, David, because I'm just conscious of the time. But, you know, they have had worry. an awful season. If they had more money, well, would they be performing as badly? We can argue that. Um, another time I think but um, but yeah um, I think we do need to acknowledge that Kubica is leaving um, and it's a shame that he's leaving it seems to go a little bit sour there between him and Williams don't really know what's happening um, you know his people are saying one thing Williams are saying another um, and it's sad to see it ending in that kind of way but there's rumours that he might be ending up at Renault as a sim driver so um It'd be good to hopefully still see him around the paddock because, you know, I th- he always comes across as a really nice guy. And for him to come back as he did to Formula One uh, after his horrendous accident is, is an achievement in itself. Um, so uh, thank you, Kubica, for the last few. Uh, have a good last race and um, hopefully we'll still see him in the paddock. But I think we uh, we need to end the Formula One chat and move on to the next item as we're already 57 minutes into this podcast. Ha ha ha! Oh, yes, dear listener. Here we are. Fifth, nearly an hour in already. And we've still got three items to go. Right. Uh, next one, Paul. Uh, I put this in there for you, really, because we, we spoke about it in the last podcast where you've been posting articles at racedepartment.com around racing the Sims. Um, they've gone down pretty well, and there's been some great discussion. Um, and what was the last one um, that you posted, dear sir? Oh, Paul, that reminds me that I need to post tonight. Oh, no, I forgot. Right. (laughs) I am so glad you said that because it's completely and utterly slipped my mind. So as soon as we finish recording, I will get it done. But the last one was uh, something that sparked... Was it Grid? Was the last one Grid? Sparked a little bit of debate of, is this a sim or not? Can people just remember that it's just for fun? No one gets an award or a cash prize at the end of it. It's just a little conversation starter on what is traditionally a slow news day, which is Monday. So it's just a little bit of fun to garner some opinion from the biggest sim racing community in the world. What do we like and why? Not how realistic is it? It's just as a racing game or a sim. Maybe I might have been better calling it racing game, but it sounds better saying sims. Uh... And it's topical because Grid was new, so I thought I'd put it in there. It's just to get some a broad cross-section of opinion as to what people how like. To, how to do it next time. <laughs> yeah, don't do it next time. That's the story. <laughs> but it's been interesting. I've thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I like to read it on my lunch at work. Give me a little bit of something to do if I'm not doing other uh, related wanglings. And I've enjoyed reading oh, okay. people's I thoughts. Where you're going with that. but it's been curious to rate people to hear what people's thoughts are on the various sims and sort of how the type the different the very different titles resonate with different people and uh, it's just reaffirmed my belief that as as a community in general we've all to a lesser or greater extent we're all looking for something different from our sim racing experience which is 
I think it's another reason why it's wonderful that we've got so much choice available to us at the moment, that what floats the boat for one person doesn't necessarily do it for another. And yeah. give or take from the cross-section, from the likes of the Formula One series to the Forzas and the GTs of this world, up to the dirt rallies and the, and the R-factors and whatnot. We've got a little bit of something for everyone. None are perfect, but all are certainly worthy of our time and attention. What, what I find, what I find in, interesting um, is that uh, the the rate Automobile Ballista had not nearly a thousand votes, right? And rate Grid has only had 135. Yeah, go figure. And that's but because, I, as we as we as race department. And I have this conversation with the powers that be more often than I've got energy to have. <laughs> we are we are interested in the higher end hardcore simulation. Yeah. I get the argument that I hear quite regularly that Mario Kart sold fifty million copies, Automobilista sold four. I get that. But the community, the large, huge, massive community, generally speaking, here at RD, are interested in the new turbo modeling of AMS1 in a super truck. That's what turns us on. Uh, so I often get from somebody that shall remain nameless, why are we bothering posting about an update of nondescript mass file val values for Seto Corsa? Uh, why are we not talking about the latest, I don't know, uh, Wipeout Extreme or something? Because yeah. our audience don't care about Wipeout Extreme, but they're really, really excited about a mass utility updater for our factors. Wipeout back in the day on the Do you know what? Actually, jokes aside, that were a bad example because I did too. But now yeah, the I original wouldn't... one was... They, they, it never, after the first one, it never really lived up. But anyway, yeah, that's, I'm an, saying, that's but another I, discussion. I the music in it was amazing. I it was the soundtrack. It was an I epic need to game, get actually. the soundtrack, <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. I've really enjoyed seeing what people have got to say about the uh, their their experience with the various sims. And we've got a bunch left. I mean, tonight's one that I'll be posting later. Tonight, as in the 25th of November, will be iRacing, which I'm curious about. Cause we don't get a lot of traffic in the iRacing uh, space because that tends to be centred in its own its own iRacing universe. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what people think of that because that one's gone through a sea change recently, uh, bringing a lot of exciting bits and bobs to it. Yeah, uh, David. Uh, I want to add just uh, just one thing that uh, I've been um, uh, uh, I've been happy to see that uh, the community uh, has uh, responded to these um, rated sims that Paul is uh, is doing uh, in a, uh, not just positive but also uh, adult way in a sense. I will explain myself in the Paul about uh, GT Sport. Uh, which uh, I fear that it will get, uh, you know, some kind of a, uh, uh, of a bad, um, uh, bad, uh, bad feedback. Uh, instead, I saw that um, it got, uh, uh, on average, the, the the vote that got most votes. It was the seven, uh, followed closely by the eight. And I'm happy to see it because even if, uh, you know, by our standards, uh, we could define it as an arcade game, I still think that GT Sport has a lot of merit uh, and is, uh, it is an, a very important gateway for uh, new sim racers to get into, uh, you know, the more um, 
challenging uh, and realistic scenes but uh, they are also making uh, some uh, some good things uh, you know all of the cars and trucks uh, that they are uh, adding for free in the in the title so i think that uh, it is actually a very good title and i'm happy to see that uh, the race department community uh, acknowledge uh, acknowledged it oh sorry uh, <laughs> acknowledge the fact that uh, it is actually a a nice title even if uh, as we were as i was saying it uh, it wouldn't wouldn't rate as a proper sim yeah, well, we um, we discussed the the auto blister and, and others in the last podcast, Paul, because you'd posted those articles. So um, they were all kind of along the same, you know, around the seven or the eight um, majority. But yeah, the more recent ones, I've got a lot less votes. It's also it's just, subjective. Yeah, it's subjective, isn't it? I mean, I've seen some comments which is a shame it's kind of taken it away from the spirit and what it's intended, where people have been saying, oh, Game X, you can't possibly say it's an 8 or a 9 because the physics aren't anywhere near... It's not about real. that. It's, like, it's it, about the enjoyment, isn't it? I think the, the purity of what I was trying to ask, and maybe I've not articulated it properly, is for you, how do yeah. you feel about this game? So, example yeah. being, if I, were, if I had Toker Race Driver 2 on that list, which I don't, but if I did and I was voting... Toka Race Driver 2 would get an 8. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 utter, it's yeah. utter, utter garbage compared to R Factor 2 or compared yeah. to Assetto Corsa Competizione or whatever. Or basically, compared to any game on that list. It looks cack. It handles garbage. It's got some stupid, clunky functionality. I don't even know if it'd work with a wheel, but if it does, it's probably horrendous. But it would get an 8 because at, at a place in time... When I put that on, I remember sitting on the bus coming back from town, looking at the back and seeing the headlights reflected on the rain tracks. I think I, I can't even remember what it was. It was Thruxton, and it was the Vauxhall, and it had the it was the rain picture, and it had the headlights shining on the tarmac. And thinking, oh my god, that's amazing! And getting it on it and seeing your brake lights reflected at Donington, and just being in the best racing series that ever was, which was the 1990 Super Tourers, was for me, and pivotal moment in my adolescent life of oh my god this is spectacular but it doesn't stand up to anything else it's 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 toilet compared to what's out there now so do i rate it a one because compared to our factor one the physics are lousy no i rate it an eight because that's the idea is what did it mean to you what's that game mean to you how much yeah. fun Love have you game. had out of it yeah and it was spectacular but I don't think, maybe I've not articulated it right or it's been tucked in the wrong vein or whatever. It's irrelevant. I it's just for fun. It, Paul, I, I think if you still articulate it that way, you'll still get the same yes, of responses. Because so, unfortunately, some people on the interweb are just not open to... Well, it's not even that. I just want everyone that comes to RD, I would hope, everyone that comes to RD or floats in every now and again and back out again just, just browsing is a fan of motorsports and sim racing. So my entire goal of my, everything I ever do at Race Department is to give people a space to have some fun. And like for me, uh, I've got a load of mates. We all, most of us... Know. No, that's true. I'm a loser. No, uh, I, have, I, have, I have some mates... Uh, we're all motor racing fans, but I'm the only one that's interested in sim racing. So I, that's why I love doing podcasts and talk to you guys. I have no uh, physical, real-world, closely located to me that I can have a beer with, mates, where I can talk about the excitement of lifting an inside wheel at Coppice in a touring car in Santa Corsa. Can't do it. 
So I like internet, I like forums, to give people space to talk to a million, quite literally, other people that like the things that they like, or maybe don't like them and want to have an adult and mature conversation about why your two opinions differ. So that's all I'm doing, just creating a space for people to start a conversation, really, and maybe spend some time having a bit of fun, lo and behold. Yes, yes. If only everyone was like you, Paul, then this world would be a better place. It would be a sexier place. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, moving um, on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. So yeah, uh, check out the articles uh, that Paul's been posting. Rate your Sims. Oh, rate the Sims. Rate the Sims. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check them out. Uh, some good stuff. Read the comments. Uh, join the discussion. The vote. The vote only open for a week for each one. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Oh. It's open for... Sorry, I couldn't find the unmute button. Yeah. Uh, it's open for seven days from the minute it uh, is pushed okay. live. So okay. I'm probably, if I get tired, we'll push it live. So it only takes a couple of buttons during okay. this podcast. So it'll be up Okay, shortly. so there'll be a new one live when people get this podcast in their ears for a few days. Right, great stuff. All right, um, next item. Formula E is back. There we go. There's the fanfare. No, no reaction. Yeah, yeah, this is it. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I know how much yeah. Jeffrey loves it. People um, at home are listening, thinking, "Ah, oh, Daffy Day and Paul couldn't find the unmute button in time." No, no, no that was that, it that, wasn't. That silence, <laughs> no, it that, wasn't. That silence is totally intentional. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've already had the first race uh, uh, in Saudi, um, so that's that's happened. And Sims and Bird. So there was a race on the Friday evening and there was a race on the Saturday. Don't, don't understand that, but that's what it is. I haven't watched it, uh, but I hear there was carnage at some point, as always, in a Formula E race because the tracks are just too tight. Um, but uh, but I must admit, I, I know it's kind of gamified a little bit, but I do like um, the boost idea where they run over the part of the track and it gives them uh, a boost for about... Three minutes gives them an extra bit of horsepower and things like that. I do like that element of it. Um, it would actually be quite nice to see that in Formula One, I think. But Paul's going to kill me. Um, but actually, what I wanted to talk about is um, I didn't realise that there is a Jaguar I-Pace support series, um, which is all electric as well, Paul, which in some kind of remind me a little bit of British touring cars. Yeah, I mean, that, that is incredible that they've found a formula that holds absolutely no interest to me in Formula E, and then they've made a support series that I care even less about. <laughs> it's, it's, I love it! It's, it's unbelievable. It's, that's a talent. No, 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 and no. I am, I, am, I, am, I am suitably impressed by the technology. I am... Again, we've had this before. I don't think batteries are the future, but hey-ho. Uh, yes. for, for where we stand to... Let's not get into that one. Yeah. For, where we, for where we sit today and where the development of this kind of tech is going, bravo, very impressive. But as a sport and as a motor race and as something to sit down and give away some of my valuable free time to watch, I wouldn't watch the Jaguar I-Pace support series if it raced on my front garden. What okay. a sack of steaming, steaming turds. What, what, even, if, even if the race is, is amazing? But it's not. The big, stupid, gormless, massive, bulky, stupid tracks, things on a track that's as big as the mug yeah. of which I'm drinking see, my I, beverage I must out admit, of. that's the only thing for me, I think, that 
I, 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 I get what they're trying to do, right? So Formula E is, as we all know, it's electric. Um, and yes, the sounds the sounds are getting better, I must admit. Still not the same as a as an engine, granted, but it, they are trying to do stuff with it. They're trying to be clever. Um, but the tracks, because they're in city centres, and that's because they don't make a lot of noise, there's no pollution. You know, I get the environmental aspect of it. But it doesn't lend itself to great racing. And these Jaguars aren't exactly tiny. I think they've got to be probably bigger than the Formula E cars. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, they're way bigger than I, Formula E cars. They're, they're chuffing SUVs, man. Yeah, I know. And an SUV big. should be fine to pick your kids up from school or to drive to work comfortably and mock small people in smaller cars while you're sat up higher. But as a racing series, oh, come on. It's just... No, <laughs> absolutely no. And they've got some, uh, they've got some interesting drivers in it. Actually, I'll give them that. There's a couple of uh, names that I've not heard knocking about in the world of motorsports for a while. I think Cacabueno's in there. That were a, a noise in Brazilian uh, stock V8s for quite some time. And Catherine Legs made one or two appearances and proven to be just as awful as she's always been. And uh, a few other decent names in there, but no, no. <laughs> I think Paul's been pretty clear on that, David Day. Sorry, I was trying <laughs> to unmute myself. Um, you guys really got to get the hang of that. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I agree with Paul that um, differently from him, I am excited. Uh, I am. I think do think that uh, I am excited. Excited uh, like him about the technology, but I do think that uh, it will be the. Um, uh, the future, uh, the, out, uh, the future for the automotive uh, sector. Uh, but uh, from a racing perspective, uh, I must admit that uh, while it was uh, defending, uh, uh, defending it at the at the beginning uh, during the the first seasons uh, of the Formula E, I, I must admit that uh, after all these seasons. Uh, it is uh, clear that uh, the technology is not yet ready for competition. Uh, so it is useless and maybe even uh, counterproductive to insist on uh, having this car race uh, when there is not the, uh, you know, the the possibility for them to actually race uh, properly so on, on proper race tracks. Uh, uh, on proper uh, distances uh, with proper rules, so it would be maybe too better to put everything on hold and uh, wait do for they, do the Do they technology. not race with proper rules then? I'm sorry, I just your comment. I, I get the bit about the, yeah because the track, yeah because the rules are proper, are they? The yeah because. Yeah, because uh, when you need to resort to thing, uh, things like the the boost or the the fan boost, yeah, or the both the fan boost and the on track boost that they get by going offline, which is <laughs> incredibly stupid. Yes. And I like and it. <laughs> That's now, it a lot of problems. a lot of times they clash, they clash, or they go against yeah. the barrier because they're trying to boost in a wipeout yeah. manner. Yeah, love it. <laughs> no, it's a bit, it, of peril, it, a bit of peril. It, it, it doesn't work, and if a, if if a series has uh, to resort to this kind of uh, of gimmicks, it, it means that it is not working. Okay, so, all right. So here's here's a question for you that I'm going to drop in: Is it aimed at you two? Yes, because we're the kind of people that would buy electric cars. We're yeah, we're 
old enough and hopefully financially stable enough to have an option to go down that route. So yeah, it should be uh, motorsport should be for everyone. That's the whole yeah, point. It is a way for uh, for yeah, manufacturers. But, yeah, to... but like, I, I, but but your expectations against someone else who's twenty one expectations of what he'd want to see on television. I'm sorry, are going to be complete two completely different things. Does it not? But then again, this is the thing that I've always gone on about with uh, technology in general, not just electrification, is there is motorsport and there is developing technologies. And some, t like, like David A said, just to go back a minute to make it an easier conversation point, about the stupid going offline to get a turbo boost and yeah. a fan vote and everything. The, the tragic thing about Formula E and the I-Pace trophy and whatnot is they were clean sheet design series. So you could have built that series in such a way because it, it's never happened before. So the cars are new, the tracks, the ethos of the category is clean sheet. You should have built it to produce good racing to start with. Formula One put gimmicks in like DRS and Kurs and all that good stuff because they've got an historic championship that they're trying to mould into the future. So they've got a certain set of values and precedent and history. They've got to be open wheel. They've got to be fast. They race at places like Spa and Tilkadromes and whatnot. So when things change and a downforce becomes more of a thing because technologies move forward since the 50s and the cars can't follow closely. You've got to insert these gimmicky things to allow them to race until you vastly overhaul the rules. Formula E, Jaguar Trophy, etc., etc. They're brand spanking new, so they've built a flawed product and then have to put a flawed gimmick in to get round the fact that the product's flawed. When they were starting from fresh, it's like building a house. I've bought some land, I have a family of six people, I'm going to build a house, oh crap, I've built one with four bedrooms, so I'll have to put a really, really ugly extension on the side of it to fit everybody in their own room. No, build a six-bed house that's fit for purpose. And what they've done is, Formula E is basically built a four-bed house for six people, and then they've had to butcher it with stupid gimmicky things that actually didn't need to have done. They should have just done a better series to start with, because for me, I am not against batteries, battery technology. I prefer combustion engines, but I'm not, no, oh, it's electric, so I'm not going to like it. I have tried so hard to like Formula E, because as far as I'm concerned, it's inevitable the way the world's going, so bitching yeah. and moaning's not going to change nothing. Yeah. And if Formula E was good, happy days. It's another free-to-view racing series. What's not to like? It would be crap if I went to the track to watch it, which I have, and it is rubbish, but on television, you can get round the noise problem. So I've got nothing against it, but the product is rubbish. Uh, and it just seems a bit tragic that they've oh. built something fundamentally okay. flawed. Now, Extremey, the new thing that they're doing, where they go to remote parts of the world, highlight climate change, plant infrastructure and trees that negate the uh, bad that they brought to the environment by going there and using Dakar-style long-distance off-road electric vehicles, amazing because that's developing the technology in motorsport to make it develop faster. That's giving back to the Mother Earth and doing good things. And it's perfect because it's built for it. But don't try and take... It's like getting a drag racing car. Half of the fun of drag racing is the flames and the noise and the velocity and the fear. Don't put a battery in one of those because that's just stupid. And it's same with Formula cars and big stupid SUVs. That's a bad idea with any engine in them. Why? You just All you're doing is you're... you're you're deliberately slicing 
thing down the middle of the fan base. So there's people like me who've seen it and think that really is rubbish. So now I've got a bit of a downer on batteries too, because Formula cars on crappy street circuits that are three foot wide don't work. So now my impression of it is lousy. And some people in the world, I'm sure there's probably one, maybe two, actually like listen to some of these sorts of things and maybe are influenced by that opinion. And that multiplied by the many billions of people that live on the earth. You'd, like David A said, you've almost kind of like defeated what you're trying to achieve, where if you made a bespoke touring car series, let's say, where the races are always 25 minutes because it's touring cars, on proper tracks, touring cars only ter terminal velocities like 130 mile an hour in something like one of those, that works a treat, that'd have been amazing. But don't do a formula series where the whole ethos of formula is to be fast as sin. Put them on a track where you can't overtake and make it a destruction derby, which looks embarrassing in a car that's got a whole ton of downforce on it that they don't use any I'm, I'm of just, it. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you as your as your um, mid rant. But you've, I think you've said this same rant at least three or four times this whole this podcast series already. Yeah, pretty much. I feel yeah. quite strongly about it because. It frustrates me. I think it frustrates it me that people I, I accuse me of being, yeah. oh, well, you just don't, you're just a Luddite, you don't like electric racing. No, I can't. I really don't care. I really don't care. It's, it's, it's electric. Fair it's, enough. It's the, I get it. It's the, it is the, like, you know, like so, those tracks uh, are too, uh, you know, do cause mayhem because they're so tight. David Day. Uh, you know, um, you know what is the the ultimate uh, uh, sign or proof that uh, the series isn't working that if you look at uh, during the races at the grandstands they are empty they're basically empty there is uh, almost no one uh, there on track uh, uh, in the uh, on the actual location and the few there are are not cheering are not uh, um, supporting no nothing it's uh, it's like watching a uh, uh, a ghost town uh, and, uh, and a ghost race, and uh, I think that is the 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 most important sign that uh, the series isn't working. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I was thinking while uh, Paul was uh, was uh, mentioning yeah yeah was mentioning the Formula cars. Uh, one thing that we didn't touch uh, before in the F1 uh, topic. Uh, the fact that by 2030 they want to go completely green uh, on the um, during the race events. Have you seen the? Yeah, news? they want to be become carbon neutral, don't they? Yeah, that's yeah. another. Yeah, so that's uh, that's for example another way to uh, you know to make uh, Offset, uh, racing. Yeah, especially after make... Lewis Hamilton came out um, about about it, and also has come out about veganism and other bits and pieces, which has got absolutely nothing to do with the new vegan burger chain that is bought. Absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with that whatsoever. No, no, it hasn't. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Carry on. Okay. No, yeah, you're right, David. I get your point. It's like it's um, there are other ways to offset. And Davide's hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Beautifully. Yes. Motorsport is by its nature is not green. Any public sporting event. I mean, that, I don't know how true it is, but there's that old uh, old nugget that the Tour de France is like one of the least environmentally friendly things in the world, and not a single bit of fuel is burned by the competitors because there's hundreds of thousands of people travelling all over the world to get to it to watch. So the idea that Formula One's going carbon neutral by not touching the on-track product, because really that is a small wee-wee in the ocean 
the amount of fuel those cars use. It's all the infrastructure around it, the 14 jumbo jets that they've flown on to get to the track, the building up of the circuit and decommissioning it. To go carbon neutral in the event and having things like uh, having not plastic packaging for the food, recycling the waste, all that sort of jazz is amazing and earth conscious and I'm all for that. Completely, but they're not. But they're not talking about touching the actual cars themselves because yeah. it really is squat diddly. That's the product, isn't it? That's the product, yeah. right? So they're yeah. messing with the messing with the product. And I, I get your point about the Formula E. You know, they did start from a, a, a blank slate, um, and they have added in these. I quite like the the gimmicky aspect of it. Maybe that's the kidding me. Um, what I would, <laughs> what I don't like about Formula E is the tight tracks. Um, and I think we touched on that before. And there's one particular circuit, I forget which one it is, but it has a very wide um, corner. And because it's so wide, you actually get some really good overtaking into it because it's it really is wide. And people know it's probably the biggest chance on that circuit. Um, but generally, the first lap, Formula E race, somebody hits a barrier, the car, the, or the, the car bounces off the barrier and it blocks the road. Um, and then you have a traffic jam. It's like um, watching GTs at the as well. It's like watching GTs at Macau. It just yeah. don't work. It just don't work. It doesn't. Yeah, and I don't know why they still race them there either. Um, still pretty cool that they do, but yeah. It, yeah, it even even after what happened um, to Sofia, was it last season? Was it? She raced um, again. Yeah. How did she get on? How did she get on? I, I missed have, the I, results. Do, I have no idea. I saw that she was racing, but I haven't seen um, where she where she ended. So I'm glad you said that. That's something else that's reminded me. I need to check on because I was interested to see how she got on. So uh, good, good Anna. 12 months later to go yeah, back yeah, and that uh, takes that, well, continue. Yeah, you know, that takes a lot of bottle after uh, after an accident like that. Okay, I'm just conscious that uh, we're nearly an hour and a half in and we've still got um, two items to go. Um, NASCAR Heat. Well, um, I, I saw there was a recent update, but there um, there's something going on behind the scenes. Has anybody else seen this? The same silences for me. No, I'm honestly, uh, Nascarit is not a, a product I'm very interested in. So uh, I've saw the the news about the DLC that they are selling uh, basically skins and skin updates um, for the game, and I saw from the comments of people that actually uh, own the game and the previous iterations of the of the series uh, of the franchise uh, that it seems to be uh, their uh, usual policy to have these kinds of uh, of DLC DLCs or uh, additions to the games and uh, no it's uh, it's weird because uh, it's it, it would be uh, a weird DLC if it was coming from uh, you know a more um, Big product uh, yeah, on the market. I mean, ten pounds. I mean, as Paul rightly pointed out on the article, that he posted ten pounds for a bunch of liveries, which is just nuts. Yeah. I mean, you'd expect cars. I mean, not liveries. I mean, a lot of games now. You know, you could just download those for free. But also, Sean Wilson, who uh, who works for um, the, the the game studio seven o seven o four games. Um, he, he put out there on, on social media on the 21st November, I want to assure everyone that 704 Game Studios continue with development of your NASCAR Heat games. 
and the Nasco Heat Pro League. Our commitment is enormous. As you may be aware, some personal changes occurred in Charlotte. And as these are sensitive issues, I hope I can appreciate that I cannot comment on them publicly. However, rest assured, we are committed to improving your NASCAR gaming experience for now and in the future. In fact, we have some really ambitious things in the works that I can't wait to talk about. Thank you. Um, I, hopefully, it's not more liveries because that is a... Re- I mean, David Day, paying £10 for a bunch of liveries is an apt how to rip off your customers. Yeah, especially if you consider the fact that it is coming from uh, from a game, from a title, that it, it, I don't think that it has, a, you know, a large user base. So you do want to uh, treat treat them well, to uh, give them things for free, or uh, you know, uh, work on things that uh, they may um, they may strengthen their their loyalty to to your brand and even attract new users instead if you go selling uh, at a high price at a livery dlc you not only uh, discourage new users but you also uh, you know um, make your actual uh, players uh, not so happy and maybe not returning to the game and for uh, its future uh, uh, its future iterations and versions so uh, it's kind of a risky move i think and uh, we'll see uh, what news uh, he's talking about uh, uh, right now i can't say that i am excited uh, because uh, they they didn't do anything to you know to to raise the excitement uh, of uh, of people Let's hope, let's hope that uh, we are wrong, uh, that we, have, we are going to be proved wrong and they are uh, going to make some actual uh, uh, revolutionary, revolutioning changes to the, to the game. Let's hope. Yeah, Paul, I mean, you've made your feelings quite um, clear on your, on your post, which is very out of character for you. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I... It, I, I read it a few times for posted thinking this is a little bit out of character me, for me but I was just offended by the brash na- 10 quid for something that has no fundamental improvement to the game whatsoever just liveries is I'm disgusted by it to be honest and I think what really offends me about it is from what I know of uh, the US side of sim racing or motorsport they are a very passionate group of people and NASCAR fans in particular definitely have a strong allegiance to, to their brand and their drivers and the series and whatnot. and they do say, and I know I'm being very uh, broad brush across the whole United States of America saying this I don't mean it that extreme but they are a, a, a quite a collector group of people so they do like getting memorabilia and merchandise and collecting and whatnot. And it's taking advantage of their nature, I think, by saying, here's some liveries, which I'm sure you'll be interested in because you like having the full set of liveries to the series and everything. But I'm going to charge you a phenomenal amount of money for something that's basically fluff. It's just... There's no place for that in sim racing. It's like these chuffing... My youngun plays uh, Fortnite a lot. And you can pay like 10, 15 quid for a livery for your gun or for uh, an outfit to wear or something, which again is just ripping people off. And I don't think sim racing, there's a place for that kind of thing. It's more of a loot box type. um, Yeah, loot box. There we go. Yeah. I mean, there's something definitely going on with the... um, So there is is a... um, 
don't think not has gone on at 704 games. It, it, it sounds like there has been some uh, redundancies. Um, and they shut down the office in Charlotte, which, which is what Wilson, um, you know, hasn't gone into. Um, so, I, I, you know, I don't know if it's because the, the business model isn't working or, or what, but, you know, I, I can imagine there's... Well, I mean, judging by um, the posts on the forum on your article, boy, a lot of people aren't very best pleased. A lot of them aren't oh. best pleased with your headline either, Choice. I read that. I found that quite funny. <laughs> oh, how, yeah. how about a certain course of course, they released an incomplete game after all these months? Um, Which would have been fair if it had come out as a version one, but it's not. It's early access, but oh, never mind. It's, it's, never it's mind. Just, it, it's just uh, unbelievable. But, you know, I mean... The, the deals, I think we've touched upon this before around about DLC content and things. And, you know, it's like trying to find that fine balance where we talk about R Factor 2 and their recent release of the Nürburgring and then the Porsche. But that's, that's, um, that's usable content that makes a difference. Though. That's well, exactly. content. This is it. Delivery it, it, is just it, it, delivery. But even, some, but even some people turn around and go, well, why should I pay for that? Like, but, and they expect people to pay for a livery, which... When you load up Forza Motorsport and go into the marketplace, people have sat there painstakingly created liveries for you that you could just download. So why would I go and buy any? I, I think, and it's doubly bad that the paint booth option in NASCAR Heat 4 is either missing or not fully feature rich like it used to be. So they're kind of getting you both ways. And yeah, it just, it offended me. But going on to your point about Sean Wilson's tweet, I'm not familiar with what's happened. I've tried to look into it and can't really yeah. find anything short of reaching out to Sean, which I'm not going to do because it sounds like it's obviously an emotional topic uh, 704. But anybody who's followed them, and I've followed them reasonably closely uh, because of what I do, obviously RD, I need to follow them. And they've, They've got some checkered past anyway, because if you remember when, uh, oh God, NASCAR Heat Evolution was the first one, I think, came out. They ran under a really bizarre studio name that I can't quite remember what it was. It's a long one with about three different people's names. It sounded like a solicitor's firm. And then that vanished overnight and 704 Games appeared in its place, which... I believe the same company under a different name and they've had a couple of iterations of what they call in their development studio so i think things are a bit curious formerly Dusenbury martin yeah. racing yeah do yeah Dusenbury, yeah something Dusenbury like that very martin racing that's it yeah. yes yeah and it all seems just a little bit if the skeptic in me is wondering if some of these things are like deliberate restructuring, rebranding, going insolvent or uh, not insolvent, yeah. that's the wrong yeah. one, going uh, administration or whatever to try and dodge losses or I'm not saying they are doing this Paying by the, the way bills, you know. yeah I'm not, not yeah. saying that's what's no, happening we, we, so for slander not, and all that good that stuff all. we have no, no insider for information legal reasons yeah we're just guys speculating and, yeah. and, and yeah. shooting Please shooting the poo yep. yeah. yeah but yeah. something's not quite right there uh, and then when this came off I don't quite know what it means the fact that they need to then put a statement out about it suggests that it's more serious than it could be because if it was not a big deal and you're just going to move on, you don't need to place a statement. Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of worries me a little bit, and I think just generally about NASCAR Heat, what worries me when I read the comments on the Facebook post that they put, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I'm super excited about the future of the series now because it keeps getting better." So every game's just less crap the previous one so everybody's hoping that heat five will be better and then they'll hope that heat six will be better and it kind of feels a little bit like the fifa fifa syndrome where 
they just keep changing. Like even F1 games by Codemasters, they just change a little bit to make it a little bit better rather than just well, sitting they, down they and have, giving they, NASCAR fans. They drip fans. feed you just to keep you buying it, right? Yeah, so but the, that's NASCAR, the model, right? NASCAR so. deserves more. I mean, I feel it I am the perfect There hasn't customer. been a decent NASCAR game ever in a long time. No, but I feel, though, for the, IndyCar. for the 704 Games NASCAR Heat franchise, I'm the perfect customer. I like NASCAR. I'm a fan of NASCAR, although I'm an absent fan. I've not really watched much of it. It's quite difficult for me to get access in the UK to the footage, but I like NASCAR, but it's one of those where I'm not knowledgeable enough or good enough to want a hardcore sim because it would be like golf. It's just too much effort. I'm not into it enough to learn the intricacies of it like I would be in R Factor 2. So this is the perfect kind of realistic enough to be believable and fun, but simple enough for a noob like me to get in and have a good time. So like the Formula 1 franchise, where it's not arcade, but it's not sim. And this could be, for me, awesome. But the experiences I've had for it have been a little bit hit and miss. Heat 3 I've played quite a bit. And that was good and poor in equal measure. So uh, I'm a bit sad, actually. I think I'm also a bit frustrated that there's some good potential there for a solid game. Get the AI right, get the drafting rules, which currently don't work, right. And you've got a good title that's also potentially really good for online racing and accessible to people outside of the hardcore NASCAR fan base. But they just seem to keep finding new ways to do it wrong. And then this latest bamboozling uh, experience in Charlotte's just another one that makes me a little bit worried. Yeah. David, have you got anything to add? No, not really, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think Paul covered that pretty well, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah annoyingly so, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry, listeners. Right. Uh, thank you. Last thank item. you. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He um, once, once he, uh, once he pops, he don't stop. Right. Uh, last item on the agenda for this episode. Um, BW have announced they are withdrawing from non-electric racing. Didn't see that coming. Um, what, David? I start with you. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is just like? Um, you know, we talk about Dieselgate from uh, a few years ago now. Um, they be, really have been up in their ante with the, the VW ID uh, around the Nürburgring after doing the and doing the Pikes Peak, and then they've recently announced their uh, ID3, which is going to be uh, out to consumers next year. Um, and now that now they've announced this, VW withdraws all non-electric racing activities. What are your thoughts? And I, I might add that uh, they also um, showed uh, a very good, nice looking uh, uh, shooting brake uh, car. Uh, I don't remember the, the name of the model, but uh, it is a, another electric car from them, which is uh, really good looking. But uh, yeah, about the news itself, uh, uh, you know, you you made a good point because uh, I, kind, I did? kind of... Yeah, I kind of didn't think about the fact uh, about the the infamous Dieselgate. Uh, you know, it, it is probably true that they are still trying to uh, wash the shame uh, yeah, uh, yeah. from themselves uh, from from that uh, scandal, in which you know it is uh, it is to be said that they weren't actually alone. Other manufacturers were doing the same, but uh, not the point here. So. Um, uh, I think that mm, they are trying something uh, sensible, at least, uh, you know, from a business perspective. I mean, uh, 
um, they are seeing that the future future appears to be electric, so they are trying to focus uh, focus all of their resources uh, on um, uh, electric racing cars, and uh, so not spending money in uh, products that uh, are not going to be uh, produced anymore in a, a few years down the road. And since they are uh, making uh, so far. Uh, awesome uh, electric uh, racing cars. Uh, uh, it is, uh, I think, something to be uh, excited about too. Mm, so I'm, I'm eager to see uh, what the future w- future will bring uh, with this decision from um, from VW. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts? Gutted, <coughs> gutted, and shocked. I think it's uh, nobody saw that coming. No, I didn't see it coming at all. And I think what really confuses me, I think it's a political decision. I think it's something to do with Dieselgate. Uh, what really, really confuses me, and this is beyond bizarre, which kind of counters what Davide was saying earlier, they're well into development of the new shape Golf TCR. So it's, it's been on track, it's been tested. So it's, this is a decision that's come about quickly and last minute. Otherwise, you've basically thrown that R&D development work, manufacturing work, testing. You've thrown it in the dustbin because they're not going to release it they're not going to do anything with it so they've got the new shape golf tcr car on track and are testing it and they've decided to abandon that so that to me smacks of that's not long-term corporate planning that's some kind of uh, reaction to something that we're not aware of surely or a change in management i don't know what it is but uh, it's a shock and it's a shame because uh, although there is an argument that manufacturers don't want to be building cars that aren't going to be road relevant for them in the next five, ten years' time, which I still think is ambitious, but hey-ho. For Volkswagen, they've got no manufacturer involvement in TCR. They build the cars and sell them to customers. It's a profit margin, so it doesn't cost them. That's the big thing, especially TCR's growing. So there's championships in Australia, Asia, America, the UK, European... Uh, international and then a thousand and one other countries in between they've sold bucket loads of customer VW Golf TCRs at 130,000 euros a piece they make money off it so it's not a financial decision it's not relevant to road technology argument doesn't count because it's a customer program it's not a works VW effort and they're building and have built and are running the new shape unreleased car so that is pure politics that's distancing themselves from the uh, Dieselgate scandal. That's cheap marketing to get away from motorsport and to attach yourself to, and, and I put this in speech bubbles, green racing that is, mm. bat- that is battery, which in reality is also very, very dirty. So... Uh, it could be all day, yeah. We could. I just think, it, I think it's, it's really, really hard to understand why they've, why they've done that. Yeah, Frank, frankly, if they had a works, if it was a world touring car from a few years ago, where there are manufacturer teams, then it is the VW Group racing the works Volkswagen. I can understand that, but it's not. It's customer, so they're going to flog their cars and make money off it. They're still selling parts for the old yeah. or the current, yeah. the current gen, should I say? So they're not like detooling the factory, shutting it down, and turning it into a herb garden. It's 
bonkers. I, just, I, I don't know. It's got to be politics, unless I've really, really misunderstood it. But it's got to be politics and to be seen. That's why Formula E... I have this conversation with a couple of staffers about Formula E, saying, oh, Formula E is such a success. Everybody loves it. No, they don't. Manufacturers love it. It's good marketing, but fans don't. As you say, there's nobody at grandstands. The numbers are still comparatively small in terms of fan base uh, compared to more established motorsports. Obviously, they'll continue to grow, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, it's got to be a positioning. It's got to be a marketing position, an optics thing for the general public to be seen to be green and step away from Dieselgate. So uh, yeah, shocked and really disappointed because... Uh, Frankly, I love motor racing and I love touring cars and the variety of brands is one of the most amazing things about the TCR regs. So to see that diluted, because I can't see Sebastian Loeb racing will continue with what is already a dated car. If they stay in it at all, they'll move brands so uh, or disappear. So you've lost a good team. You've got people like Medi Banana, Johan Christofferson, Rob Huff and ben, Benny Leitner, I think it's called the drive for them that are left without a drive quite late in the day as well so uh, likely that we'll see at least a couple of those faces disappear from WTCR. I think we'll, I, yeah, I think we'll see Electric WRC sooner rather than later though. Um, I think it's probably a, a sport that lends itself to electric power because it's, you know... Oh, you mean World Rally? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, of the, so. because of the distances. Um, I know there's been talk about it um, and... There have been some snippets of uh, electric rally cars out there. You know, like, I could, I, you know. But but I think going I, back to I our earlier s- point, though, the Dakar-style stuff, the long-distance yeah. endure, that's beautiful until battery tech gets to a point where it's good enough or yeah, a yeah, more realistic yeah. I mean, way, w- better w- tech I mean, the world, the world Rally, because, like, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, what, it's about 15 minutes, maybe, on a stage... Um, there is wildland. There's some longer ones, but yeah, yeah there but, is wildland. You know what I mean? I think I, I think I could see the batch of tech working for for something like that. Um, but yeah, it just it just seems like you say it just seems to come out of the blue. I had no inkling of not not. I mean, I'm on social media a, uh, probably a little bit too much, um, as you know when I send you links. <laughs> um, excuse me, but as um, I try and clear my throat. Um, but I haven't really seen much fallout of this or any kind of rumours as to why this come about. And to be fair, I haven't really done much digging on it. But normally, these kind of this kind of information will make its way to me because, like, like you say, like, what is it? Is it political? Is it? It's it's not like it's not like they've um, turned around and said this is why we're doing it. That's the thing. There's it's, a lot of. It's like we're just going to stop doing it. It's got to be political because you don't build a car and start testing it, and then unless you're Honda in 1998, you don't build a car and start testing it and then throw it away. So something's changed in the last month. It's got to have. I don't know what it is or why it's come about, but you don't know a company in their right mind spends that level of uh, investment in something to then pull the plug. It's just bar me. I really, and I'm gutted. Like I say, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed because I like VW. Uh, used to be a VW owner back in the day. So uh, yeah, shame, shame. Yeah, David Day, you got any more thoughts? Um, I was just thinking while you guys were talking about the 
the probable reasons about this um, this sudden change yeah. of uh, of politics. I don't know. I was thinking uh, something that came to my mind is the uh, sudden death. Uh, how, how long was it? Uh, uh, a month ago, a couple months ago, of uh, Ferdinand Pich, uh, which I think that he wasn't. Uh, um, uh, he wasn't. Uh, he didn't have a, any more. Uh, um, uh, it didn't have a, a charge or a, or a role in uh, VW uh, in these uh, in these late months, but uh, you know I may be wrong and maybe he was still uh, uh, at the head or making the, some of the decisions for the group and maybe his uh, disappearance uh, has changed some uh, some uh, cards on the table and. Um, that could be a good it point. May be, day, yeah. It may be one of the reasons why they've they're making so, these uh, sudden changes. I don't know. It's 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 just a thought, and uh, but just, I, also I, something to bear in mind is that you know <clears throat> there are other brands under the Vag Group, aren't there? So Porsche, yeah. um, uh, Lambo, Bentley, Ducati, Skoda, Audi's in there as well. Audi, there, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, so th- they're still racing. Yeah, for now. Yeah, it's for now. For now, but say it as well. Have they not moved away though? Now the racing arm has moved away to Cupra, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I think yeah, so. They, should, they should be safe. Are, but it's yeah. still under the same umbrella, isn't it? So, but you see, that's the beauty of TCR. Though. Itself has pulled out. There's still other such brands under that group that are still participating. So. It's just a scary start of a trend, isn't it? That becomes worrying that. When one domino falls, often more follow after it, and yeah, it, it worries me a little. I don't know, I, yeah, but th- like going back to the whole Dieselgate thing as well, has has any but any other car manufacturer got a reason to? Because because uh, Dieselgate has definitely played a part in VW's recent electric announcements and concept cars. I mean, like the um, the v, the electric camper. I've got to say, I think that looks really nice i know it won't be to everybody's taste um and i actually even like the id3 as well um you know it's basically a golf but electric um i just don't like the price um but you know uh it's i don't know if anybody any other car manufacturers got um real kind of need to be as drastic because it that is drastic isn't it it's not like a um it's not like they turn around and gone over the next five years. We're going to reduce our involvement in, you know, motorsport or combustion engine motorsport. They've just pulled the rug from under people's feet. That, that just, However, you know, you, very you have, sudden, isn't it? You have to consider that uh, Audi and, and Porsche are uh, already racing in uh, in the Formula E series, and yeah. uh, Porsche. Uh, I think that uh, at least Porsche, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it isn't racing in other in any other racing series, and I, I don't know about. Uh, well, it would have done Audi. things like um, uh, you know uh, Le Mans and things, and um, over yeah, the years. Por- Porsche are in uh, 
blank pan, WEC, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sorry, again, yeah. Though, a lot of that's customer programs. There is some yeah, works involved, man. Yeah, it's not work. But it's, it, not, it's but... not a pucker works like there used to be back in the LMP1 days. There are yeah. degrees so, uh, degrees of separation from the manufacturer, I think. But then again, Porsche really can't pull out a GT racing because that's their ID. Yes. That's who they it's are. It's their image, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's everything. I mean, Volkswagen aren't as deeply entrenched in motorsport as someone like Porsche or Ferrari. Uh, that's basically what they do. They build GT cars. They, yeah, they, I'd be, I would be, I will make a, I will make a promise now to the readers, I will eat my fanatic gear stick if Porsche pull out a GT racing because that's just ain't gonna happen. I hope. Best not do anyway. <laughs> no, because you'll be eating a gear stick. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, I like my fanatic gear stick, but I, I dare say it's quite a tough metal to chew yeah, on. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that's going to digest very well. Chuck some tomato sauce and custard on it. Happy days. Oh, mate, imagine that trying to come out the other end. Oh, oh bless <laughs> you. That would be a day off work at least. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, it doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Yeah. Oh. And on that topic, let's move swiftly on, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of round, that, round the discussion around... Um, Proud defecating gear sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Like. yeah. Um, just, yeah. Just like say, just didn't see it coming. Um, and I'm sure that VW will will try and come out like from a PR perspective that we're trailblazing and, you know, we're setting the standard, yada, 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 like a lot of people do when these kind of things are, are said. Um, but it just does seem an odd choice. Um Especially when you think about the last sort of few years in Formula One season, you know, there's been rumours about VW coming into Formula One, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why they're looking to change the the rules. And I go back to the, to, to the conversation earlier on, you know, around the 2021 regulations, is to bring the cost down um, to you know the open source elements of some of the parts, of the cars, and things like that. Whether that's going to work or not is remains to be seen, but. Um, to, to to make it easier for others to come into the sport to open those doors and I think you know that will probably be a bit of a knock to, to the um, to the Formula 1 body because they would have probably hoped to start enticing the likes of VW I mean obviously there's still Porsche and Audi um, or even say it I mean cool, could you imagine say it on track in Formula 1 um, but I think you get my drift um, so I think that probably has come out of shock to them as well. It'd be, it'd be interesting to, to see how Chase would have reacted to that news because he probably would have been laying out the red carpet for them. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, yeah, I think Porsche... Sorry, Porsche, what I'm about. It would have been... There's a lot of money and investment to go into Formula 1 for an OEM. And I think a lot of these companies now... We've talked about the VW group. There's so many different brands under a master umbrella yeah. that actually it's very difficult to entice them in. So if you're going to bring Porsche, then you could argue you could bring Lamborghini. If you're going to bring Lamborghini, mm. why not mm. VW? Why not Audi? So uh, hmm. it's curious to see what the future is. But again, and I, I'm, I'm danger of straying onto a topic I've been into before. In motorsport, I don't like manufacturers. I'm not interested in them. I don't care if it's a Porsche engine, it matches a Formula One car. What's the difference between that and a heart? Brian Hart for those Formula One fans of the 1990s, or a Judd, or a Cosworth, or uh, 
Bring back the day of the old school engine builder that just is not a manufacturer but knocks out 100 engines a year. In a shed. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. That that's just as good. Manufacturers, by their very nature, are fly-by-night type groups. So they'll turn up one day, they'll be balls deep, they'll be investing in building a new Golf TCR, and then just think, ah, you know, sod it, let's not bother. So British Touring Car are great for that. The manufactured brands, I mean, Accelerate Motorsport have just announced they're bringing the Hyundai. Forgot which one it is now. Uh, but their Hyundai is coming back to, or Hyundai, depending on how you annoyingly want to pronounce it, are coming back to uh, touring cars in Britain. But it's nothing to do with Hyundai. It's got an association with the UK dealer arm, but it's built by Accelerate Motorsport with their shell. That's the perfect formula, something like that, which is why TCR works so well. It's because it's off-the-shelf stuff where you buy it yeah. from the manufacturer yeah, yeah, yeah. and run it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't like being beholden to manufacturers because it only ends in tears. Okay, fair enough. Right, we'll give you the last word on that one. Okay, so that's all the um, the, the main topics covered. Some um, David A? Wait, wait, Paul. Are we going to close the podcast without mentioning uh, Peugeot going back into racing in the WEC 20 uh, hypercar regulations? Come on. It's, Ooh, it's beautiful. Oh, nice, Come nice, on. nice. Peugeot go back into racing. I think I'm I'm really excited about. It. I I like uh, uh, I like this news. I don't know about you guys. I think Paul is excited too. Oh yeah, man! I think it's fabulous. I mean, that hypercar already, and we're miles away from it happening. Is shaping up to be immense. And there's a load of. I've seen. I read something today when I was supposed to have been working, but it just drew my eye, and I had to click on it. There's loads of these weird, like one-off marks that have just building hypercars for a couple of three million quid that do stupidly powerful things that are perfect for the hypercar regs as well. I'm talking like people more obscure than like Conaseg or uh, that, but like bizarre Swedish billionaires that have built a 280 mile an hour hypercar that's building 12 of and selling them for 10 million quid each. They're perfect for this sort of thing. So I'm really excited about that and say a big name like Peugeot coming back. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, that news, I must admit, that news has completely slipped me by. You need to read the front page of Race Department more often, Paul. <laughs> Where all yeah. your real and virtual motorsport needs are I've been, a, uh, I've been a bit more focused in real life of late, I must admit. Well, um, calm down with that and get back to the virtual life. Real life will be there when you're finished on the I will internet. do once I've sorted out what's going on in the real life. Um... Yeah, that's good. To, that's good to hear. I mean, the hypercar stuff is really starting to uh, get some traction, isn't it? Be interesting to see. Yeah, how this, uh, yeah, absolutely. How we're, yeah, we're having uh, some some nice teams uh, yeah. uh, coming in. I mean, uh, we have already Aston Martin, we have Toyota, uh, and uh, some um, privates, uh, privateers, like uh, Paul was saying. Uh, and uh, to have also Peugeot back is uh, is really really exciting. I think. And uh, let's hope that it brings... I just want to hear uh, you say Peugeot one more time. Peugeot. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love the way you say Peugeot. Um, <laughs> yeah, no... Uh, damn think... you and your slick accent. Damn yeah. you, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I am... Um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just as good as the, uh, the changes um, that you say. Um, Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's good to see Peugeot because there were rumours they were going to come back in... Um, 2017 to LMP1, but they 
pushed that to a side to, to, to come back to uh, World Rally. So, um, yeah, it's good that um, the new series is really attracting some names and Peugeot being being one of them. So, yeah. Yeah, let's hope, let's hope it, it will bring uh, other manufacturers in, in the future. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, well, well, I'm a sure. Bit, a, bit, a bit like um, Paul was saying earlier on with the dominoes, you know, with people leaving sports, sometimes it can also work the other way, can't it? The dominoes can, yeah, 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 can yeah, fall yeah. in rather than out. In, out, in, out. Shake it all about. You do the okie cookie and you turn around. And there we go with the song. Right, okay. So that's the end of the of this week's news. Some worthy mentions at the end of the podcast. R Factor 2 Nürburgring layouts update has been released, as well as an update to the Porsche, which is good to see. WRC8 console update um, also released and as well as an update to the FIA European Truck Racing Championship but also ladies and gentlemen of the sim racing world uh, sim racing expo dates for next year have been announced the 4th 6th to September 2020 so and uh, again at Nürburgring uh, so yeah uh, 4th to the 6th of September. Will you guys be there? One, two, three, four, sure. Brilliant. Well, Paul, you said that you are uh, buying tickets uh, for uh, all in the race department community. So, yes, I will be there. Dude, it's free entry. I'll buy tickets for anybody who wants them. <laughs> <laughs> all you've got to do is make your own way there and sort a combination yeah, exactly, out. Exactly, exactly that. And uh, annoyingly so, it's on the same weekend again as the uh, that food festival that I like. But I'm going to... Um, and this year I'm going to do the right the expo and then go back to the food festival next year. So oh, to, top man! I'm nice. Going to, I'm going to alternate. I'm going to Good alternate. Man. There's Good only man. so much meat a man can eat. Um, no, never. You can always eat more. <laughs> you, you know you've had enough meat when you I'm start turning, to I'm sweat turning, it. I'm going to turn vegan. Right. Um, <laughs> Get a Lewis Hamilton burger down, yeah. That'll sort uh, it out. Oh, mate. I tell you, veg does have its place. I tell you, there's some great stuff. Yeah, out next now. to a steak. Um, next to a steak. That's where veg has its place. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, any, any vegetarians or vegans out there? We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to offend you. It's already um, dead. No, we so are trying. We are, we are really dead. trying. <laughs> Sorry? No, I was, saying, I was saying, I was joking. I was saying we are trying to offend no, you. No, 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 no. Please, please, we don't love you all. And complain if you, if you, if you, if you tweet me, I'll, um, I'll send you Paul's telephone number, mobile number, and you can, you can text some abuse. Um, uh, just before we go, uh, don't forget uh, Racing Club uh, taking part at Race Department most days of the week on um, Auto Blister, R Factor 2, R Factor, uh, what else? Race Room. You always forget Race Room. Seto Sort yeah. Corsa and Seto Corsa Expressione. It's easily done, to be fair. And Wreckfest. Wreckfest. And Wreckfest, yeah. Oh, oh, two. Yeah, careful. Um, YouTube. Twitch, leagues, all there, 30 seconds. Uh, I don't know why I'm reading that out. That's what I've written. <laughs> but, oh, God, it's all guns apart. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and Facebook. Just search for Race Department. Oh, oh, it's been fun. It's been two hours of nonstop fun this week, guys. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. Thank you for having us, my friend. Enjoyed it. As I've been a while since I've been in the virtual studio, so uh, glad yeah, to be back. Yeah, it's been longer back. for you because we actually the last time Davide were in 
the virtual studio was a month a month ago, but you weren't even there for that one. No, unfortunately, I yeah. had to do a stupid thing called work, which gets in the way of things. But uh, <laughs> yeah. until I can find ways to make this pay, I'm afraid I'll have to continue doing it. <laughs> and if you wonder where Daniel is, Daniel was travelling around Thailand somewhere. So if you um, wonder where Daniel is, so do we. So <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, I know he's travelling around, but he just hasn't told us he's travelling around. I don't think he told us, but I know he's travelling around. Because I've seen his Instagram posts, so he's uh, he's been eating insects of all kinds in Thailand because he's been posting videos of it. So yeah, he's been having fun. Uh, David A, thank you once again for joining. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. That's what what we're here for. I'm conscious that it's late where you are, so we need to we need to get going. Uh, thank you, dear listener, for as always for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe leave us review in the usual places that i tell you to go and leave them at which is well to be fair the only place you can really do that is itunes um so give us a five star review if you like what you hear if you don't just don't give us a one star just just leave it just just don't listen again that's fine um please don't hate us um hope you enjoyed it um this could be the last podcast for or episode for 2019 um so let me take this opportunity to wish you all a very merry christmas and a happy new year and we will check we will you will hear from us in 2020 guys have you got a message for the listeners because it's the last episode of the season it feels like in in time honored fashion we should leave it on a cliffhanger so uh, i'm going to say why did the chicken cross the road tune in next season to find out thanks for listening thank Bye-bye you bye bye uh, <laughs> uh, I would say that uh, we are uh, preparing some nice things for uh, next season, so stay tuned. I have no idea what he's on about because I ain't been preparing. <laughs> we don't yeah, prepare. You, we don't prepare because, for an episode. Never mind. I, I, hey, I do all the prep. You guys just turn up. No, because you are not go- not going to be the host for next season, so that's why you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Paul. Oh, you're the best. Oh, you are the best. Oh my! Oh my God! After hey, look, Ferrari, look, you are the best in somebody, the world. Can somebody take that, somebody <laughs> take that knife out of my back? Um, <laughs> ouch! Right. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoy. Please do subscribe. Do uh, share. Um, tell people about us. Um, make sure you tweet us at. Uh, race department let us know Any, anything you think we should be covering that we're not covering um, please do we're all ears so um like to take this opportunity once again to wish you a great festive period um, and, and see you in the new year I'll be 40 next time you hear from me which is unbelievable I'm literally an old man uh, but uh, yeah very well thank you and uh, I've been Paul Glover thank you to David Day and Paul Jeffrey this has been the Race Department Podcast cheerio <laughs>